Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. Um, I had actually done a podcast, like, I guess yesterday or maybe the day before, um, but I did it on a Android and then I couldn't um, upload it, so here we are. Um, this time I'm doing it on my iPad, so it's really easy to just upload. I My iPhone's broke, so that's where I used to do it, but... Um, yeah, look, I'm obviously at the <laughs> Olympic Games, which is um, pretty cool in itself, just to be able to say that. Um, it's hot, um, which I think, which it's really interesting that before London Marathon, one of the mistakes I made was um, like building it up to be this really special day in terms of, you know, we had watched... Eloide Kipchoge in Vienna in that sub two race and um you know how how nice the weather was and, and this fast course and obviously I told you guys on the podcast that was that was mentally how I had always envisioned um London would be and then when it didn't quite work out that way it was there was this feeling of like oh hard done by or and I've kind of been thinking about that quite a bit, like why why at the start of a build up, you know, at the start of a marathon build up, if you're going to train for, you know, three to four months and, and you might focus a little bit more than what you ordinarily would. And, um, you know, you might eat better than you normally do. You might try to get to bed sooner. You might make financial investments in terms of um, massage and physio and maybe training camps and all this kind of stuff. Right. And. And I guess we do it to run a fast time, right? Most most people at the start of a marathon build-up have this idea of, you know, I want to run a PB or um, we, we, we don't very often think to ourselves, I want to have the best result I could ever have or, or I have ever had in my career. Um, and it, it's interesting when you put so much pressure on time that you're allowing so many external things to come between you and your goal. So obviously, um, this race on Sunday, you know, at the moment is the weather's suggesting pretty hot and pretty humid. Um, it's, it's looking likely that it could be very similar to Doha. Um, both in terms of heat and humidity, but more so um, because we'll have direct sun. So at nighttime in Doha, it was obviously the race was at midnight. So if the temperature says it's 35 Celsius and there's no sun, then the temperature is 35 Celsius. But, you know, there's there's days that we train here and, you know, the forecast says it's 28 Celsius, for example. But when you're at the track and you have your, you know, the physiologists will have thermometers and everybody understands when the temperature says 28 Celsius, what feels like, right? And so that that's kind of the key. My own analysis of the weather would be that you have to kind of ignore um, 
it might say it's 26, it might say it's 28, but if the sun is beating down on you, it, it obviously feels to the body a lot hotter. So it's looking likely that um, it could be a really tough day in terms of marathon conditions. But of course, what what we have to appreciate with that is that it sets the race up as a as a really good opportunity to perform well if you can psychologically move your mindset to this will be a tough day but i feel well prepared and if i execute a good tactical race i could perform really well in terms of race position i may not run the dream time that perhaps four months ago i thought i could run and and in fairness to you know, the Olympics, I never, ever um, envisioned a nice day. I always envisioned humid and hot. And, and so, you know, it's it it could only be a bonus if for whatever reason it ended up a, a much cooler day than I had anticipated, um, which I don't expect to happen. But, you know, wouldn't that be great? Um, but I I guess the, the lesson here is that um, when you are starting to train and build up, to try to set goals that are in your control. So it could be, you, you can't even set a goal that says, I'd like to place top 100 at London Marathon because you you can't control how many people enter that you know perhaps have a faster time than you. So your goals have to be manageable in terms of, I'd like to... I'd like to hold really consistent splits throughout the race. I'd like to run my most disciplined marathon. I'd like to negative split for the first time because something I always do is crash and fall apart, right? And so it has to be goals that um, are in your control. And of course, the the your separate goals need to be, you know, I'd really like to enjoy it in some way, shape or form. And of course, you can't necessarily enjoy all of the race, but you could make a mental note to enjoy the start of the race and enjoy the finish of the race, you know, just uh, just goals that remind you because race day, race day can get a little bit, um, I guess when we've talked before about that fast moving train, life can be this fast moving train and, you know, sometimes you're heading towards success and 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 that's great other times you get stuck you know heading towards not success and and you pick up bad habits and and you almost don't notice them until like i've talked about before the train crashes and then when it crashes you go oh my god oh shit what the fuck was i doing um but i guess race day can that can that can happen really quickly on race day and nerves and adrenaline and all these things can be happening and if your autopilot is really good, then, of course, on race day, you can execute a really good race. And, and that's amazing. But one thing that autopilot doesn't do is just appreciate the nice things about race day. And so when I've been talking to Tim, the psychiatrist, um, this last week, it's really been about identifying cool things on race day that I might, you know, look to try to appreciate. And um some of that is things like, you know, the fact that I'm standing on a start line with, you know, the best athletes from each country in the world. 
and you know you have the honor of wearing your country's you know strip and and vest and shorts and um and you know you can look left and right and and just appreciate how tough it's been for you know a lot of the athletes on that start line and and then how cool as an opportunity that is in terms of you cannot you can't buy that position on that start line no amount of money in the world can buy that position on that start line and that's you know that's really cool money can help you get to that start line but you cannot buy it there's no price tag um and I, and I think that's something to really think about before your next race is before your body jumps into autopilot and and goes through the motions and 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 there is a there is a time and place for that in a marathon to kind of switch off a little bit and um try to get a few of the miles under your belt without you know draining yourself mentally but at the same time there's a there has to be running has to be about something more than just performance and it has to be um there has to be some form of joy or happiness or um even acknowledgement of of what running's doing for you and and appreciate if it's making you nervous well well that's okay like it's okay to be nervous nobody said it's a bad thing to be nervous if it's making you a bit afraid that the race result might not go the way you want it to again that's okay too so understanding and acknowledging and accepting all the feels everything is sort of making you feel or um, go through is is absolutely okay so but we have moved from a holding camp in Fukuroi holding camp like sounds really serious um the holding camp in Fukuroi was amazing it was really outstanding we were we were spoiled rotten I suppose you could say and um that was all thanks to um Team Ireland um and that's like the, I think that's like the Olympic Federation of Ireland and um, they set us up in a really, really nice place. It had a, a really cool Japanese feel to it. It was like a resort, so it was gorgeous. And um, and I guess like now that it's kind of like Sapporo is kind of like when you go to your race hotel the night before a race or sometimes for the big major marathons, you go two nights before. And it kind of just feels like you're at the race hotel, but you're kind of there a week early. And so when you normally go to the race hotel breakfast lunch and dinner and it's very basic but it has carbs and it has chicken and it has like very simple stuff it's normally okay because it's just 24 hours or 48 hours out and you just kind of don't give a shit you kind of just get on with it but when you're here for <laughs> shit i think we got here last saturday so um yeah when you're here like eight days before it's kind of like fuck like how many bowls of curry and rice and chicken can I like possibly eat without starting to get concerned about the fact that all I'm eating is curry, rice and chicken? I did actually have some mashed potatoes today, so I'm lying about that. Um, but yeah, look, it, I, I, as part of my like new outlook on life, you could say, you're just trying to, I guess, the word is not be spoiled, but I... I don't know what people's ambitions or sorry, not ambitions, but I, I don't really know what people's thought process would be about, you know, you, you see the Olympic games as like, wow, you know, like the pinnacle, but it's interesting that I didn't, I didn't make it that, you know, I, someone else decided that the Olympic games was the big one, you know, the big dance, the big, um, personally, I just think as humans, we, 
we use for somebody else their olympic games is a is a promotion in work right and um you know i i i would imagine for most people when the promotion actually happens for some people they'll get promoted and and the new job will be amazing and it'd be everything they ever wanted um for somebody else the new promotion will mean more work don't get to go home as early to see their kids and wife and things like this so the olympic games is kind of i mean i can only speak from this experience but the the real joy was the holding camp and being around the other irish guys and um you know playing table tennis with my physiologist ricky and and just the they were the cool parts for me they're the parts that i'll look back and and actually funny enough when i was getting massaged today with um declan i said to him you know make sure tonight like on the 28th floor of this hotel there's a lovely view and i was just trying to think if somebody asked me after the race like you know what what did you enjoy about the olympics if i if all i do is sit in the hotel room which is what i do a lot of the time because that's what we have to do we're not forced to but you know you're trying to rest and um not just wander around the hotel aimlessly um but you know if someone asked after what i'm trying to be better at in life is just making the most of what we have and so one of the nicest parts about the holding camp for me which kind of became like it was called scully corner was like that little corner that i sat in that had the big glass pane window and looked out over the garden and i i really appreciated between like 6 a.m to 7 a.m in the morning just just sitting there looking out at calmness and and it was much quieter there was it wasn't busy there was nobody running around and and you know nobody wanted to talk to you or you just you just got a chance to just sit there and so i guess similarly on the 28th floor of this hotel at night time you can kind of look over the city of Sapporo and it's up really high and it's just quite beautiful and it's calm and um it's it, it's quite nice and i i guess like i guess people at home this is the whole idea of the grass is greener you you kind of think olympic games it must be amazing every day it must be fantastic and and i guess people probably think the same about being a professional full-time athlete like oh my god like you're paid to run and, and that must be so amazing and but actually like the grass isn't always greener most of my days um most of my days are pretty fucking boring to be honest um you know you you run and you finish running and you drink your fucking smoothie and you, you eat your breakfast and you nap and and you wake up and you do it all again um there's moments of brilliance which is big days like london and big days like dublin and and you know when you see when the track session's over and you see pictures where it's sunny and it's all nice and and it looks really cool and and instagram makes it look really cool but you know a lot of life and um and a lot of time that you know even that we're spending here at the olympic games it's it just brings it back to you know we're all kind of in the same boat and i think what i'm trying to say is if you the listener appreciated what you have already and the things that you have around you whether it's drinking your morning cup of coffee in your favorite seat in the house or watching everybody loves raymond before you go to work or you know you're <laughs> you're enjoying your day the same as perhaps 
how I'll enjoy tomorrow drinking my cup of coffee in the morning or, you know, going tonight to the 28th floor. And so I guess you can actually be at an advantage to other people if you enjoy the the little things that you already have versus somebody that's maybe at the Olympic Games or, you know, somebody that gets to go to the Champions League final, but, you know, doesn't really pay attention or spends more time on their phone or, you know, doesn't really soak it up. And before you know it, these things come and go from your life and, and they're gone and, and you have to move on and, and it becomes a memory. And so that's kind of like, yeah, like, I guess that's something that I'm going to take away from my Olympic Games experience is um, how do I look back and, and make sure that I, you know, appreciated what I had, which is a lovely room to myself, which I, you know, really appreciate, which is I haven't spent a penny. Fuck me. That's a record. I haven't spent a penny for like two weeks, which is like, that's, that's fucking surprising. (laughs) Like I'm kind of getting emotional saying that out loud. Um, that's a really cool thing. Um, you know, and, and how well like the staff have looked after us and, um, like the, the, Athletics Ireland staff that has came and they're they're kind of running around after us and and doing all these things for us even though we're kind of perfectly capable ourselves but it's been so nice for a change to not have to worry about certain things like they like they fucking bring us fresh towels you know they get like we get massage daily if we want it there's cold bottles of water there's there's just the thought process that goes into making sure the athletes are okay is is phenomenal um. And I guess that's what I'm that's what I'm really trying to take away from this. Um, but yeah, just a second. I'm texting Katie because she's just about to run in her semi-final. I'll say kiss, kiss. Do what do what you do best. Run smart. Run hard. Run through the line i guess sometimes the um more kitty's race is in like 50 minutes so um she is in the semi-final of the bloody olympic games but yeah sorry i got distracted sometimes the less you say the better sometimes before a race i watched a documentary on team sky and um they were talking about what they tell bradley wiggins before he goes out and races and that was pretty much it you know, do what you do best, you know, ride your bike. And I guess you can complicate tactics and like, you know, I'm not going to tell her to go run fast up the front or sit at the back or be smart or run in, run in lane two or just do what you do best and go run. Um, but more back to like appreciating the little things like um, I think this, the better you get at that. I, I listened to a good podcast called uh, it was Sir John Kerwin. And it was on BBC Four, Don't Tell Me the Score, with Simon Monday. Um, and, and that's what he talked about, you know, enjoying the cups of coffee. Um, when you're in the shower, be in the shower, enjoy the hot water. Um, another thing I'm going to take away from Japan is, um, like, my daily habits. I want to get better at, um, you know, last time we were on, well, you just didn't actually get to listen to this, but I, the podcast I did the other day was... Um, my room was a mess and everything was all over the place. And, and I guess like since that, I've decided you can't come to Japan, which is like probably one of the most disciplined cultures 
um, that exists and and not take some of that away with you. And so what I've been trying to do is like, you know, it's just going to sound stupid, but like, I don't know, like, like sometimes after I'd go to the toilet, I would just rinse my hands with water. Like if I pee or now I'm like, nah, you should wash it with soap, especially at the minute. And I like, I'm sure other people do that too. Like, I'm sure I'm not the only person after I pee that I don't wash my hands with soap, but I have to, it's, it's not just that. That was a bad example. An example would be like when I make my AeroPress coffee in the morning and then I come back the next day and I didn't clean out the AeroPress and I probably didn't clean out the coffee mug that I brought with me. And it's cool that I brought my own coffee mug and my own AeroPress. But actually, I think to myself, if I was in a Japanese person's house, the second I had finished drinking that coffee and using the AeroPress, they would clean it up and then they would put it where it's supposed to be. So I guess it's like, looking after the little things um and i think that's going to have like a I, I i started listening to a book called um i think it's called atomic atomic habits um and it's it's all around to reap rewards not just in sport but in life if you can improve your your daily habits and you know i don't especially during covid instead of just rinsing your hands or it's not like i just I mean, I run my hands under the water and like give them a little clean, but I just don't always use soap. And it's probably because when you go to like a bathroom, like a restroom stop or like if you're at a rugby or a football game or whatever, you just don't always want to touch like the soapy things. Um, but actually, like during COVID, it's probably like more important than than ever. But it really it's not it's not really about the soap. It's really about doing the right thing. And, you know, the right thing after you use your bloody AeroPress is to clean it out it'll last longer beans aren't sitting in it overnight even though like a lot of things are harmless like not cleaning out your aeropress and using it the next day probably harmless you know probably not going to do you any harm but it's not really the right thing is it you know and and it's the same as like i mean i'm looking around already and i've got like one two three four five empty water bottles that I've obviously drunk today because you drink so much water when it's hot and humid but again the right thing to do is probably before dinner is to take them to the recycling and it just keeps things neat and tidy um, and then I think a tidy mind and knowing that you're repetitively doing the right thing over and over again no matter what it is you know like I sit at dinner um, in Fukuroi at the holding camp when you finish your dinner people came behind you and picked up your tray and did it all for you. Whereas I guess here that doesn't happen. And so I'd probably, I've brought my tray up. That's no problem. But I might like, I might like leave a bottle. Today, for example, that was a bad, I'm going into bad examples here. But today, for example, towards the end of my run, I took a bottle, a cold water bottle off Ricky, poured it over my head, drunk some, poured it over my head and then threw it down, which is like, what I do anyway, but I guess when I finished the run, I was like, you should go pick up that plastic bottle, even though nobody else was picking up theirs, and people were just, because obviously, like, the the organizers expect people to be throwing down sports bottles, and, and, and they pick them up at the end of the day, but I still believe that the right thing to do is to go pick up that bottle, and so I did, and I think that's just, like, I don't really know how to I can't tell you what the right thing to do is in your life with different things, but I assume that it's going to happen quite a lot. And 
you're going to have to learn in your own way to just whether it's make your bed in the morning, you know, brushing your teeth twice a day, like simple things that might seem tedious and and but when they start to when they start to like move over into running I think it just if you look after the little things in life you'll start looking after the little details in running and and that might be doing your rehab that might be stretching that might be doing core it, it it's basically just you decide to prioritize doing the right thing and then honestly I think the impact that will have on sport and your running will be huge and there's not it's kind of got to the point with my running that there's there's not a whole lot I can fix to make it like way better because like I already work on a lot of things and naturally I already do a lot of things now that in the past might have felt like sacrifices like early to bed and eating a bit better fucking curry and rice every day that's a joke um but yeah there's like you know i i traveled with my own pillow i brought my own duvet like um there's a lot of things like the air purifier in the room there's there's so many things that um i do but i guess that was one of the things that i could do better like you know i think keeping my room tidy is a big one and it, it's less about does it really matter if your room's messy? Messy's different from dirty. Dirty's a problem. You can get sick, all these things. But messy, mess is just mess. You might trip over something, which is a pretty serious problem. But it's less about the mess, and it's more about just practicing doing the right thing, which I think is going to create a discipline in life that will then pass over to, to running. And it, it, if anything's improved for me in the last three, four years, the sort of get to where I am now it's it's definitely been discipline um and discipline for me has has been a huge thing that I've had to kind of work on and once you kind of master as such good discipline and not like you don't have to be super disciplined all the time but like certainly better discipline than you know maybe previously um that can really lead to some big changes so I guess I'm just taking that from the Japanese culture. Like, I'm so impressed how, like, clean and tidy it is everywhere in Japan and how courteous they are and how good their manners are. And it's something that I really want to take away from here. And, um, you know, just just take more care and uh, more care of my own stuff and more care of myself. And um, it, it all, I think, is going to have a really big knock-on effect and um, improve things quite a lot for me. So, um, yeah, if you want to take note of that, that'd be pretty cool. But um, in terms of the race, you know, training's gone well. Um, I had a bit of a stinker on Friday, like Friday last week I did a tempo and I guess I've just realized day 10 from altitude's not a good day for me, um, which sound, it's going to sound really stupid to listeners, but if you've been to altitude before, you'll understand that you can go through a bit of a lull and actually... I should have learned because Doha was day 10 for me and I had a bit of a stinker at Doha. And then when I came back from Sierra Nevada, I had a bit of a shitty tempo on day 10 where I was like 10 to 15 seconds a mile slower than normal. And my heart rate was like high and I was very confused. It's kind of like how in the space of like two or three days you can go from having an awesome 2K track session where it was like, fucking 35 celsius and i was still banging around the track i still finished the session and was like boom i'm gonna run really well and then two days later i go to the track with ricky i have music i have a bike i had a i had the japanese guy that 
looks after us at the track. He had set up a table for drinks and he had a clock on it to time me and, and then I had a fucking stinker. It was such, <laughs> it was such a shit morning. It really, really upset me. Um, but then, you know, I, I kind of like came to the conclusion that day 10 is just a shit day for me. And, and it is real. Like it's kind of like physiological and your bloods are in a weird place and, you know, your body's going through changes now that you're back to sea level and you kind of have this like period of opportunity between like day one and four or five or something well I do where training's really good and everything's in a good place but um then it usually takes me to like Larn half marathon was right around two weeks and so Tuesday just gone by was two weeks I'm now at like I guess I'm at like day 16 or something now but Lauren worked out right around two weeks and then I guess after two weeks and um, like everything's pretty good again for about another week or two and then um it's not that things are bad after like four weeks but they kind of just say after four weeks your bloods just kind of start to return to normal and the boost from altitude you could call it is slowly slipping away um but of course you carry the fitness forward and um, but there's there's opportunities around like 48 hours is a really good opportunity. But, you know, I couldn't have done the travel and I couldn't have got used to the humidity within 48 hours. So that I that kind of ruled that out. But then the next opportunity for me is kind of between day 14 and 21. And that's right around what race day will be. So, you know, I did um, some marathon effort type stuff on Monday and. You know, it was right around sort of like five minute pace, 5.05, um, which I, you know, I guess you never know. But like I felt as fit as what I was for London, but I was better prepared because my breathing's in a better place. I didn't race the half, so I wasn't tired. So I kind of think I could have ran like maybe like 2.08, um, which like. I guess it used to probably sound cocky of me to say things like that, but when you've ran 209 in really tough conditions, like, it's not cocky, it's just a fact. Um, and I'm not afraid of that anymore. I'm not afraid of how that might sound or, um, like that potential, you could call it. Um, so that's like 455, 454 per mile. So I guess to be like 5 to 505 here is probably about right, like, probably like 10 to 15 seconds a mile for the heat and the humidity. Um, but I'm not really going to pay too much attention to splits. Like I'm very good at like figuring out feel like marathon feel. And, and also like I've used my heart rate so much that I kind of have a pretty good idea where the heart rate should be. And I have that experience from Doha and, um, London when it was pretty hot. And now this is a lot hotter than what it was in London, but heart rate's kind of similar. Like, you know, heart rate in London was like it kind of went to like 172 I think at about mile eight and I kind of panicked a bit because I was like "Mm, that's kind of about five beats too high for this point of the race but I guess I learned that heat just makes it higher and I didn't really worry too much about it and you know I guess I was able to finish that race off pretty good so you know if I can probably use a combination of how i feel and and heart rate um i I reckon i'm in for a pretty fucking good day so um and and look seriously 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 if that doesn't work out and i don't race well if i appreciate being on that start line that you can't buy and i appreciate the fact that i'm becoming an olympian well fuck me you know it's still a it's still a pretty fucking cool trip um 
and and that's fine like i think we sort of think that's like weakness like you know maybe even allowing that thought process into your head but it's not it's it's just life like you know this is going to come and go and i have every intention to keep going until paris and um you know whatever experience i have on sunday using that to build upon it and you know i've got boston oh <laughs> i'll leave that there <laughs> i probably shouldn't have said that but you know there's other races will come up and um yeah look there's plenty more to be excited about but it doesn't mean that on sunday it wouldn't matter what i said on the podcast or even if i tried to talk myself out of sunday like it'd be impossible like when the gun goes i'm just a, that's why i call myself like a lion because i'm a fucking savage um but i just love it i love pushing and well actually i don't I do, but I don't. But look, I'll leave you there. I think my door's just knocked. I'll go check because it might be Ricky. He'll probably just slobber at me. You're early. Are you ready? Why did you come early? Oh, there's Fanula. Hi, Fanula. I'm just finishing my podcast. Guys, I'll go and I'll leave you there. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.